Bibles out, John chapter 16. John chapter 16 is where we're going to be. Uh, we're going to be in a couple different locations, but I just want you to primarily focus there. Really, uh, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, uh, I don't know how many of you, uh, some of you are really excited to hear this message. Some of you, the hairs on your head just stood up on your neck because I said Holy Spirit. So uh, regardless, I want to bring you right to the middle and just find a healthy spot of uh, the, where God wants to teach us and lead us. But I would ask you to do this. Just really open your heart, open your minds, open your heart to receive uh, the Word of God and what Jesus and the Holy Spirit wants to do today. It's so important that we come in uh, really uh, with, a, with a heart of submission, uh, not of a heart of we tell God uh, what we like, what we don't like, and who he should be and who he shouldn't be. Um, so we want to have a heart of submission. So today, I don't know where you're at uh, with the Holy Spirit and that relationship you have with him, but today I, I wanted to flourish it. I wanted to uh, I really, I want to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us in a mighty way. And so this morning, that's what we're going to start on. It's, it's a whole new series called He is Like. And uh, it's going to be quite a few weeks. uh, Right now I have it at four, uh, but I'm just asking for his guidance to, to, if he wants to make it longer, I'm okay with that as well. But but we're really, uh, right now it's a four, platted to be a four-week series, but it may turn into a six or seven week. But but be praying with me. I I just think it's it's an amazing series, and I really want to make sure that we understand this relationship we have. In fact, today I want to talk about bringing clarity to confusion. And so many of us are confused, and I'm going to talk about why in a second, but I, I just really want the Lord to help bring clarity. And I say the Lord because it's not important that I know what you believe and you know what I believe. Really what's important is we get to the heart of what the Word of God says about the Holy Spirit, and we embrace that. That's really the important piece of our relationship with God. And so uh, John 16, 7 says this, and this is the heart of the series. This is where it came from. Uh, but I also uh, I just want you to see what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. He says in verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage and my advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And I love this verse uh, for many reasons. First of all, listen to how relational it is. This isn't, uh, this isn't a verse that can't be comprehended by anybody. This is a, uh, Jesus who was speaking to the disciples and many others there uh, that day. But he's also speaking to us uh, to understand that it's to our benefit, it's to our advantage that, the Holy, that Jesus went to the Father and is still in heaven. Uh, it's to our benefit that, it, that Jesus goes to the Father and asks him to send the Spirit to us and that the Holy Spirit would come into our lives. It's to our advantage. It's to our benefit. Uh, and so that's why I believe this is so important that we understand the relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. And I just want to say this, this. He is God. Uh, it's very important that we understand our relationship with God. Uh, and so many of us don't correlate. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of uh, different beliefs out there, a lot of different deceptions and lies uh, about the Holy Spirit, but I want you to know that he's a person, he's God, and we need to embrace the relationship we have with the Holy Spirit from Jesus. He says it's to our benefit. So if Jesus says it's to our benefit, we better believe it's to our benefit. We don't, we don't, he was not lying. If he lied at all, he's not God. And Jesus is God. He did raise from the dead. He did go to, the he- go to heaven. He, he is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he did send the Spirit to every single one of us that have received Christ. And so it's so important that we embrace this and understand it. And so today, uh, I just want to bring some clarity to some confusion, uh, but listening through the heart of Christ. It's so important that we understand that Jesus wants us to have, understand this relationship and as much as uh, the elders and the leadership and the staff and I do as well. Um, so let's start there. Confusion of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I think all of us, myself included, have had confusion. In fact, maybe you do now. Maybe you're sitting here today and say, I, I just don't, 
understand. Uh, I'm confused. Uh, some of our confusion uh, comes from experiences we've had, and I want you to know that those experiences, uh, maybe if they were negative in, in a sense, came from experiences with people, not an experience with God. Uh, our experience with God would uh, never be negative. It's always going to be a blessing and good and a help to us. That's why Jesus said, I'm sending you the helper. He's not sending you, uh, you know, someone that's going to really make your life miserable. He's sending you a helper. He's sending you a blessing to you. Uh, but a lot of times our experiences with understanding the Holy Spirit have been tainted because of an experience that we've had with a person. And I need you to know that was with a person, not with God. And so if you could, uh, if you've had that kind of experience, and I'm not here to say this church is right and that church is wrong, what I'm here to say is Jesus is always right and the Holy Spirit is always right. Let's, let's receive uh, from him. And so if you've had that experience, just let your guard down. I promise you there's going to be no manipulation or anything like that. There's not going to be anything that we're making you do. And so I want you to understand, just let that guard down and let's just be at a place to open our hearts and our ears and our eyes. As Jesus so wonderfully said, let's not, be, let's not see but not see and hear and not hear and have a heart that's stiff and hard. Let's, have, let's be open. Let's be his people and ready to receive the word of God. And so, uh, so that's kind of, I just want to open up with that. One of the reasons why we have confusion, maybe, maybe this is just me, but, um, but I wanted to kind of communicate why uh, we had confusion. So our team met and we talked about, you know, what are some things that uh, really uh, create confusion for us? And I think uh, one of those is really, uh, we call them names, uh, but that's not really uh, what we see in the scripture. Uh, for instance, God the Father, God the Son, and then there's God the Holy Spirit. So we understand the Father and the Son, but when we say God the Holy Spirit, that's where it creates some confusion because we have kids, many of us. We understand what it is to be a son or someone to have a son. You know, that's tangible. We can understand sonship. We can understand father because all of us have a father. Uh, you know, whether we have a relationship with him or not, we all have a father. And so, um, so we can understand father. We can understand son. Uh, but many of us can't understand Holy Spirit because uh, you know, it, just, it isn't something that we can understand, uh, having Holy Spirit. So... Uh, but I need you to know it's not a name. So it's not uh, God the Father, God the Son is a name. As, uh, but you need to look at it as it's a role or responsibility. Uh, the Father had a role, the Son had the role, and the Holy Spirit has a role. They still have a role. Uh, there's responsibilities that they each carry. And by the way, they're all united. There's no division in heaven. There's no division in God. There's no divisiveness. There's no, um, there's no uh, how do I say it in a, in, a, in a way that we can understand. In our world, there's, there's division, there's hate, there's separation, there's divorce, there's a lot of hurt and pain, there's none of that in heaven. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are, are united, and they've never, uh, they've never had a disagreement. There's never been sin. There's never been a mistake. There's never been a wrong choice. Uh, so God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are always working together, and they respect each other's roles. So it's not like, uh, you know, uh, there's a ladder, and this one's upset because they're here, and this one's upset. Look, they're united. They're totally united. Uh, you can't separate them. They're one. That's why it says uh, they, are, they are one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that's the Trinity, three and one. And so uh, today I just want to help kind of bring some, uh, I think, some clarity to that because a lot of times we, we can understand Father and we can understand Son, but we can't understand Holy Spirit. Um, but if you could understand that there's roles and there's relationships and there's an authority between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that's respected and honored and revered between the three of them, but again, united, uh, then you would, uh, it would do you well to understand that. So all of us need the Savior, all of us need Jesus, all of us need the Son, and all of us need the Father as well. There's a role that the Father uh, has, uh, plays as well. Uh, nobody has seen the Father's face, and if so, uh, you wouldn't be sitting here. Nobody has seen the Father in the flesh. We've, some have seen Jesus. He, he left heaven and came to earth, and so some have seen Jesus. Uh, but notice how Jesus came. He came in a relationship. 
He came and he had a relationship. For 33 years, he got to know people. He spent time with people. He spent time with the disciples. There was relationships built. Um, he was a person just like us. Uh, and then he sent the Holy Spirit. Again, relationship. Uh, and so that's what I want you to remember. If you walk out of this series, especially today, out of anything, you need to know that uh, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it's a relationship. The Holy Spirit's not an it. It's not a thing. Uh, it's not like a tree. It's not like uh, you know, this podium. It's not like a chair. Uh, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's like us. And so today, I just want to help bring clarity to that because I think many of us, if you're confused, and this was me many years ago, the reason why I was confused is because I didn't see him, uh, first of all, I didn't see him as God, and I didn't see him as a person. You know, there's a lot of views out there, uh, and I'd encourage you, look, let's not go look at the bad views. Look at, look at what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, teachings out there. Jehovah Witness is one of them. Uh, Arrhenism is another one that says that the Holy Spirit is not a person. He's a thing. And, and I don't, you know, there's a, there's a huge problem with that. If, if the Holy Spirit is a thing, we can't know him. If he's a thing, we can't have a relationship with him. And so there's a huge problem in that teaching and in that vein. Uh, what I want you to see and what Jesus said is I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending someone that you can have a relationship. I'm sending you somebody that's knowable. I'm sending you somebody that is God that's going to help you. And he's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to guide you. He's going to help you in your decision makings. And he's always going to point to the Son. He's always going to point because we're one. Look, there's never going to be a point where the Holy Spirit says something and the Son disagrees. That's not going to happen. There's always going to be a unity. And I'm sending him to you to live with you forever and ever. Uh, you know, I'll never leave you or forsake you is one of the covenants and truths that Jesus gave us uh, that changed history eternally forever. Because uh, a lot of times we, we say that, and that's, that's a great thing about relationship. How many of you, uh, how many of you are married? Many of you are, I think. So if you're away from your wife or your husband for any amount of time, you feel distant, don't you? But that you're distant, you feel distant because of the relationship. Uh, this is the great thing about the Holy Spirit. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Uh, but a lot of times, how many of you said, where's God? Where's God? I feel like he's a million miles away. I don't feel like he's here. Uh, now you can say, I know he's here. I may feel that, but I know he's right here. Jesus has promised that he'll, he'll live inside of me. He'll never leave or forsake me. He's right here. And so it's a relationship. It's something that we need to understand. Uh, so let's look at, in fact, today I just want to call it personhood. I know that's not real formal or you know, it's not real informal, I guess, is when we think about a relationship, he's a person. I want to talk about that, but uh, we didn't define personhood. I, I think a lot of the trouble that we're in in our culture today is because we like to define things as people. Uh, we like to tell people and cultures and countries and nations, and at the end of the day, we like to tell God uh, what people are, and uh, we didn't create ourselves. We didn't make ourselves. I know we, uh, we paid a part, and that's a whole other birds and bees message, all right? But, um, but there's, when it comes to creating from nothing, we had no part in that. And so when it comes to personhood, we can't define something we didn't create. And so let's look at the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 28. Uh, and maybe there's some, uh, I know there's confusion in our culture, but this is what I love about the Word of God, is it makes it abundantly clear, very quickly, very simply. Uh, but Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, then God said, who said it? All right, then God said, let us. All right, first of all, you need to see there's plural there. Let us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let us. They were all part. It wasn't like Jesus was born and zero, and he lived 33 years, and he's still alive today. Jesus has always been. God the Father's always been, and the Holy Spirit's always been. They're, they were not created. They've always been. 
let us make man, that's us, in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish in the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over everything, uh, that, cre- that creeping thing on the earth, which th- I wish you would have taken that verse out, right? We don't need the, we don't need the creeping things, but we do. We have them. So uh, next verse. <laughs> So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. How did he make them? Male and female. There's no gender fluidity there. It's male and female. He created them. Next verse. Um, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So Genesis chapter 1 is the definition of personhood. Genesis chapter 1 says, God made man, but in that creation, he said, let us, so let's just, let's remove the father and son, not because they're not important, they're they're brutally important, okay, but let's just look at it, because we're we're learning about the Holy Spirit and the relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, I want to make man in my image. I'm creating them in my image. I'm making them in my image. So understand that when we Think about the personhood of the Holy Spirit. We're made just like he is. Now, it's not the other way around. He's not made in our image. We're made in his image. And so there's aspects of God that are, uh, that are they've always been him, but he made us in his image. And we're the only thing in creation that that's been done. For, for days, God's been saying, let's make light, let's make stars, let's make the moon, let's make earth, let's make grass, let's make herbs, let's make trees, let's make all these things, but none of them have his image on it. Now, it has his creation, his creativity, but none of those things have his image. We were the only thing that was created that has this type of intimacy and relationship with God. Notice, God isn't talking to the animals, God isn't talking to the birds, it's not, listen, don't turn me into the peta or whatever, it's not that he doesn't love animals, he does, he created them, he made them all, but there's a, there's a distinct difference between mankind and everything else. He made mankind in his image. He made them male and female. He said, and, uh, and I love, and sometimes when we think about a relationship with God, I love how the simplicity of the Bible makes it. We make it too complex. We make it too difficult. We as in human beings, as in, as in our, our logics, we make it too difficult. Listen, listen to creation. Genesis chapter 1, he says, let us make them in our own image. And he does. He makes them male and female. He makes them in his own image. We're made in the image of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, then what happens? Think about it. Then what happens? God begins to talk to us. The very moment of creation, relationship with God began. And I think it's so interesting that God talked to us right away, instantly. Again, we're looking at the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit communicated to us, began talking to us. How many times have we said, I don't know if I can hear God? I don't know if God talks to me. I don't know if God still talks to me. From day one, if we can look at an aspect of time, God doesn't live in our calendars and clocks, but if we look at it from the moment we were created, God began speaking to us. Every day, he met with Adam. Every day, he talked with Adam. Every day, he revealed himself to Adam. Every day, in the cool of night, in the cool of day, he showed up. Every day. Even after he sinned, he showed up. He talked, he communicated, there was a relationship. So when we look at personhood, the person that defines personhood is God, not us. Again, in our culture today, we like to define everything. We like to define marriage, we mess it up. We like to define gender, we mess it up. Because we didn't create it. 
Who are we to take what God created and say, well, you, you don't know what you're doing? It would be like if you have an iPhone or a phone. Let's just say phone. I, I, of course, I love Apple products. But if you have an iPhone, let's say you were the creator of the iPhone and you made the iPhone. And, you know, we can talk to Siri now, which is just weird and freaky. And a lot of times Siri doesn't listen very well. But you, imagine talking to the iPhone and the iPhone would talk back to you and say, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm smarter than you. But I made you. I know how you operate. I know what you were created to do. I'm the one that designed you to do what you do. It would be foolish for the phone to look at the creator and say, I know more than you. It'd be foolish if the designer of a watch or of clothing, if it just began talking and said, you don't know what you're talking about. I know a lot more than you. But this is what we're doing in humanity, isn't it? It sounds so foolish. But here we are as people who were created by God, looking at God and saying, you don't know anything about this. You don't know about marriage. You don't know about gender. You don't know anything about whatever. We were the ones created. God was never created, and he created us in his image. Again, if you can remember anything, remember this is about a relationship, and God wants to have a relationship with every single person. God's not selecting this one and that one and this one. I only have a relationship with this one. He, he died for the whole world. He created the whole world. Every human being that's ever been born was created by God. And so this is about a relationship. So again, personhood, the idea of what is a person was designed by God himself. And he designed it in a way that, look, we're created in his image. We're created in the image of the Holy Spirit. So we can understand God. We can have a relationship with God. We can Kind of, we can have an understanding of the way God thinks and the way and who He is. Now, again, He's the Creator, so He's always going to be much grander than we are. But at least we can understand the relationship we have with Him. If you've been married any length of time, how many of you know you'll never understand your spouse? <laughs> never. <laughs> I mean, you're going to gain knowledge and understand. You're going to grow, but you're always learning. You're always growing, and you should always be doing it together. One's not greater than the other. You're equal. You're together. You're one as a marriage under Christ. But when we look at personhood, you know, we're like him in a lot of ways. That's why I did this series, We Are Like Him. And I, I just want to show you. So what, def, what defines personhood or being a person? If you could think about it. If you're kind of a deep thinker. Uh, before I keep going, I wanted to give you a resource. Uh, this is a great book, uh, The God I Never Knew. It's probably the best book on the Holy Spirit I've ever read. Um, it's available for you, I think. How many we got? Three. Oh, well, that's not too good, is it, Ron? We got three copies back there, all right? So two of them will be 10 bucks. The last one, we need 300000 for the youth center. It'll be $300,000. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. If, you, if you're new with us, we're building a youth center down the street, and so that's what we need to finish out. I'm just kidding. But um, if you want one, I only have three copies left, but just tell them in the back, and I'll have them for you um, next week. Or you can go out and buy it yourself. It's pretty, you can get it on Amazon or uh, and most bookstores uh, should be in Barnes & Noble. But if you want us to order you one, just let them know. I'd be happy to get you one for 10 bucks. okay? Um, this, is, this is, by the way, this is my pastor. I worked with him in Dallas. He's a great man of God. So, I, you know, it's not that I'm just telling you about a great book. Uh, I'm telling you something that lives the, lives the life and, and walks with the Holy Spirit and really uh, grew, I think, 
me because I was confused. And he, uh, the Lord really showed me clarity uh, through their ministry and through my pastor. And so I was so thankful when he wrote this book because I'm, I, I could, never could have explained it the way I've seen it right here. And of course, it's chock full of the Word of God. And it's really going to help you go to places in the Word to see uh, the Holy Spirit in a real way. But it's about a relationship. And what defines a person, what defines a the personhood or what defines a person, um, you know, we'd like to say it's life. And look, I think life is important. The, uh, when God made us out of the dirt, uh, I love this. He made man out of dirt, uh, you know, because we're dirty people. And then he made the woman out of the man, but not out of the dirt. He you know, took a rib and, you know, that's, that's much more beautiful thinking than, you know, making some stuff in the sand. And then, but then God breathed life in it and we came alive. It's just crazy to think about how God did that. Uh, so life is important, but life, li- if you think about life, uh, everything's alive, isn't it? So it's not that life that defines a person because a tree's alive, but you can't have a relationship with a tree. Grass is alive, a, a dog's alive, a cat's alive, an animal's alive, but you can't, have a, uh, you, know, you can't have a relationship where there's give and take and all of those things. There's a difference between mankind and everything else that's been created. Now, there is a difference in the life that God breathed in us versus everything else. Uh, you know, there is a difference between those two things. Uh, but I'm just telling you that it's, it's not about being alive because a tree's alive. There's a lot of things out there that are alive, but you can't have a relationship with them. Uh, so when you think about how God made us in his image and he breathed life in us, there, there is a difference. So what, are those, what is it that makes us so unique and so different beyond it, God told us we were different? And, and I like to define it as two things. One of them we're going to spend a lot of time on, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time today. One of them is personality, right? How many, we all have different personalities, right? We all have, a, you know, some of you, when you try to describe somebody, what do you say? Well, he is like, that's why we got the series, or, or she is like, or, or they're like, or they're funny, they're rude, right? You're defining, a, a, you're really defining the heart of a person. The personality is the, you're defining who they are as a person, uh, now, you know, sometimes we do that in the wrong way, but, but what I'm saying is, is when it comes to relationships, you're defining characteristics, you're, you're, you're defining attributes. So when we look at this series, He is Like, when we look at the Holy Spirit, uh, there's a lot of He is Like in the Bible. Jesus says, uh, in fact, uh, He says He's like a dove, or He's like uh, the water, He's like fire, He's like all these different things, and we're going to look at all those things over the next couple of weeks. But what it's describing is the, the personality, it's describing the heart of God. It's describing a, something about God that we need to understand, but He's not a dove, He's not water. He's not fire necessarily. They're describing attributes. They're describing something about the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we're going to look at is some personality traits of the Holy Spirit uh, over the next couple of weeks. But the second thing that, uh, that makes a person is that we have a soul. And this is what defines us. This is what differentiates us from everything else that was created is we have a soul. We have a soul. And remember, we're creating his image. So if we have a soul, that means God has a soul. The Holy Spirit has a soul. And how do we know? Well, let me show you in Scripture. Matthew 12, 18 says this. this is, actually, this is speaking about the Father. Behold, and this is when Jesus was being baptized. Behold, my servant, Jesus, whom I've chosen, my beloved, and whom my soul, listen to my soul. So Father has a soul. My soul is well pleased. I'll put my spirit upon him, and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. So two things about this are first. First of all, the Father has a soul. Second of all, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in one verse. The Father speaking to the Son who's being baptized and sending the Spirit from heaven to the Son. 
All three are present at that moment, just like all three were present at creation. Let us make them in our own image. The son, so does Jesus have a soul? I think we would all say, of course, because he lived, he left heaven, he came as a person like us. But look at, uh, I don't want to just give you opinions, I want to give you scripture. Matthew 26, 38 says, then he said to them, Jesus speaking, what did he say? My soul, just like we have a soul, he has a soul. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. This is when Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross. My soul is sorrowful. Matthew, uh, sorry, Hebrews 10, 38, this is actually talking about when the Spirit comes. When I send you the helper, this is what's going to happen. So the Spirit declares this. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in them. The Spirit speaking. So the Holy Spirit has a soul, just like you have a soul and I have a soul. What differentiates us from all creation is that we have a soul. And you're thinking, well, what is a soul? Well, the soul is, uh, is really, if you think about it, if we could separate it in, it's your mind, it's your will, and it's your emotions. I can give you scripture. I could spend, we could probably spend um, the rest of the day. Anyone want to stay the rest of the day? We can. We can go through the Bible. And you can see that God, does God have a mind? Absolutely. I can give you scripture after scripture after scripture. Just look at the first verse. Look at Genesis chapter 1. He has a mind. And for six days, God was making things. He has a mind. He's very creative. I mean, what we see is astonishing. I just went to Niagara Falls last week. Unbelievable. There's not a man-made creation that will ever top those things. That comes from the mind of God. These are things that God made. He just speaks them and it happens. But think about this, because God has a mind. You have a mind. I have a mind. God created us all. He made us all. He put his image in us. So that means because God's creative, guess who else will be creative? Us. We're made in his image. So we have an aspect of creativity. Some of you are very creative. Like way out there creative. Pastor Eric, very creative. I mean, what he does with plays and productions, I mean, that all comes out of his, out of his head. And so sometimes I wonder what else is in his head. But there's a lot of creativity in there. Just a lot. And it's a blessing. It really is. He uses it to glorify God and bless the kingdom. But he's very gifted. He's very creative. Now, there's a difference between God's creativity and our creativity. Remember, we're made in his image. He's not made in our image. So there's, there's an aspect of creativity that we can't touch. For instance, God says, let there be a rock. There's a rock. You try that. No rock. All right, so our creativity is bound by what God's created. So you now, because God made that rock, now we can take that rock and we can make something out of it. We can be creative with what God created and we, we can make something. That's where the creative, creativity is like God. We can never just speak and make it happen. That's God's part. But we can take what God created and be, we can be creative with what his creation. And so we can take the rock, we can make a house. We can take the, the rock And make it into beautiful countertops and charge you way more than we should when God made it for free. (laughs) A.K.A. granite. Right? We're taking his creation that he made for free. And we're being creative and making something beautiful out of it. (laughs) And then we're charging people a lot of money for it. Or or not. It doesn't really matter. But my point is, is that that's our creativity, is taking what God already made, and we're making something out of it. We can make a tree into a, a house. We can make it into hardwood floors. We could make it into a, a tree house. We could do so much stuff with what God already created, but because he's creative, we're also creative. 
So he has a mind, we have a mind. Will, how about a will? Do you make a lot of choices? Yeah, some of you are thankful when you go to like, uh, let, me, let me try to think of a restaurant that would, uh, would give you some justice. How many of you guys like Red Robin? That menu is crazy big, isn't it? A lot of choices, pages and menus. Then there's others of you uh, that like in and out Three choices, you're done, right? You get, one, you get burger, 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 or chicken, 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 right? Or whatever it is, Ch- Chick-fil-A, very easy menu. Like, but we, we, get, we make choices every day, thousands of choices within hours. We make thousands of choices. Does God make choices? Absolutely he does. He has a will, we have a will. How about emotions? Does God have emotions? Again, I could sit here all day and show you emotions of God. Did God feel pain? Did God feel sorrow? Jesus just said he was sorrowful, so he had emotions. Did Jesus get angry? Yes, he did. Did he sin? No. So emotions, there's nothing wrong with emotions. In fact, God said, and James says, you can be angry and not sin. So you can have emotions and it not be negative or sinful. God has emotions. He's joyful. He's jealous. He can be angry. He gets excited. He sings. He dances. He he talks over you. He prays over you. God has emotions just like us. He has a will like us. He has a mind like us. Again, don't be surprised by that. We have the mind, will, and emotions because God has it. We're creating his image. So like the Holy Spirit, we're like the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I think this is so confusing, but we are made just like him. You can know him. You can have a relationship with him. He's not so far off where you can't understand him. He's always been communicating. He's always been talking to us. He's always revealing himself. The presence of the Holy Spirit is always in our lives. Whether you know God or not, he's, he's there. He's there. That's why in Romans it says we're all without excuse. You can see the manifest presence of God just by looking. Just by looking. You can see that there's a God that made all this, that made everything we see. So God has a mind, will, and emotions. The Holy Spirit, we were made in his image. I just want you to hear over and over and over again, you can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You don't need to complicate it. It's not, it's not complex. It's complex because he can do things that we can't even imagine. But it's not complex in the sense that you, uh, you have to do this or that or jump through this hoop or that hoop, or you have to be this holy or that holy, or you have to do this many works to talk to him. Just talk to him. He's right here, right now. And that brings me to my next point. There's three attributes that you can know about the Holy Spirit that are, uh, whether it's the Father, Son, or Holy Spirit, they all have these attributes, but again, we're looking at the Holy Spirit. So these three attributes only apply to God. They don't apply to us. And you'll, you'll know emphatically that they don't apply to us as we look at them. But the first one is the omniscience of God. You know what omniscience means? Omniscience means, in Latin, omni means all. Science, so omniscience is all science, but in Latin it means all knowledge. That's where we get the word omniscience from, all knowledge. So God, or the Holy Spirit, is all knowledgeable. That's why Jesus said, it's to your benefit that he comes. He has all knowledge of truth. He's going to lead you into truth. He's going to lead you in the trees. Always going to point to the Son. All knowledge about everything that there ever is to know is the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I want that friend in my life. It's about a relationship. He knows everything about everything. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. And I know I'm going to get crucified for saying this, not in Jesus' way, but in a, in a way that 
I say this all the time. I, this is one of my favorite scriptures. And you must be thinking, John, you have like a thousand of them. But this is one of my favorites. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. All right, so for, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says who? The Lord. So this is the Lord speaking. He's speaking to the prophet Isaiah. My thoughts are not your thoughts. So when it comes to omniscience, when it comes to being all-knowing, even though we're created like God, we have knowledge. We can gain knowledge. We can gain in our understanding. Paul says this. Look, I pray that you gain in your knowledge of Christ. You can, you can grow in your knowledge of Christ, but you're never going to be as knowledgeable as Christ. Are you okay with that? I'm okay with the Lord being smarter than me. I hope you are. I'm okay with the Holy Spirit being smarter than me because he made me. I don't want the thing that I made to be smarter than me. Maybe that's just pride for selfish, but I'm just saying that there has to be a different level for God. There has to be a different level for the Holy Spirit and his knowledge. He, he knows abundantly more than we do. Not only in your thoughts, but also in your ways, in your decision making, the way you make choices. The Holy Spirit is 100%. He's batting 100 for 100 when it comes to home runs and when it comes to the Holy Spirit. He's never made a wrong decision. And I love that Jesus said, look, it's to your benefit that I send you the Holy Spirit. I go to the Father and I ask him to send the Holy Spirit. So now the all-knowing Lord is coming into your life. He's living with you for all of your days. You have the all-knowing God that has made every decision perfectly and correctly every single time. He's right here. I don't know about you. I want to know the Holy Spirit. There's no reason why we should be looking and going, yeah, well, He's weird. No, we're weird. He's perfect. He's great. He's amazing. He's all-knowing, and he knows everything about everything. His ways are always perfect. And In fact, I love how God separates this for us. So uh, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. Uh, just to make sure that we understand how much more he knows than us, he just goes on and says this, and this is why I love this verse. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, do you know how high the heavens are? You figure it out and you let me know. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I mean, think about that. That's unbelievable. That the God that made the heavens, so what heaven is he talking about? Is he talking about the clouds? Is he talking about heaven, 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 where we all live for eternity? Is he talking about space? Because those are all words for heaven. But guess what? God made all those things. He made space, he made the moon, he made the galaxies, he made the Milky Way, he made the earth, he made the heavens, he made the mountains, he made the grass, he made the cows, the cattle, you, us. So guess what? He's much smarter than us. And there's no measurement of how high the heavens are, but if we could measure it, it, our knowledge would be way down here. We wouldn't even be close. The Holy Spirit is so brilliant, so knowledgeable. Second, so that's omniscience. The next one is omnipotent. Someone corrected me, but I like that. Omnipotent. It's actually omnipotence, but omnipotent, right? All what? Powerful. All right, so this is a Latin word for all powerful. So not only is God much smarter than we are, but he's much stronger than we are. And you know that's true. Because the Holy Spirit, all he has to do is speak, and it's done. And by the way, that's all he has to do is speak. The wind, the very, I, I don't know how to explain it. Just, just him 
walking by you is, is more power than we could ever obtain. Just the breath of his mouth, the, the, the voice, the, the words that he speaks is even more powerful than anything we could make or create. Even thousands of thousands of pounds of thrust from a jet engine won't even come close to his simple word. He's all powerful. Here's a couple of verses, Jeremiah uh, 32, 37. This is God speaking, so this is the Holy Spirit speaking, and again, it's rhetorical. He says, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? No, mic drop. That's what he's saying. He's like, of course not. That's ridiculous. I'm God. That's ridiculous that there's anything too hard for me. It's not even a question. Luke 137, so that's God speaking. Here's, here's an angel speaking. Here's the archangel speaking to, to Mary. She, he says in Luke 137, for with God, nothing will be impossible. So now you have, you have God say, look, is there anything too hard for me? Uh, no. You have an angel saying, I'm with him every day. All things are possible. And then you have a man, Paul, saying in Ephesians 3.20, now to him, the Holy Spirit, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, thank, according to the power that works, who's in us? The Holy Spirit. Are you starting to see there's, this is a valuable relationship that Jesus and the Father sent to us? He is God. He is a person. He's all-knowing, and he's all-powerful. There's nothing that he doesn't know. There's nothing that you're going to walk in in life that he can't overcome. And finally, he's omnipresent. And this one is just too much for us to handle. He's omnipresent. So what does that mean? He's always there. Where? Here? In Howie? In April? And Brianna? At the same time, what if Brianna was here and April was in China? Both places at the same time. What if Chris wanted to go to the moon? Would he be there and here? Same time. How? I don't know. <laughs> How many of you said that? I wish I could be at two places at one time. Imagine a God that can be in every place, in every moment, everywhere at the same time. It's unbelievable. See, our knowledge, our thoughts, our ways, our power, uh, you know, our, even our presence doesn't even come close. It doesn't even light a match to what God can do. And I'm so thankful that he's the Lord. And by the way, him having all that knowledge, him having all that power, and him having all that relationship with all these people, he's never made one wrong mistake. He's never missed a prayer. He's never answered incorrectly to a prayer. He's never saved the wrong person. He's never empowered the wrong person. Do you understand how valuable this relationship with the Holy Spirit is? Tony Evans says it this way, and he kind of repeats uh, what we just shared. Uh, oh, I forgot a scripture. Let me give you one. Psalm 139, 7 through 10, speaking about the omnipresence of the Lord. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Can I ascend into heaven? You're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even where your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me, you're always there. Dr. Tony Evans says this, there's nothing God doesn't know, that's his omniscience. 
There's no place where he does not exist. That's his omnipresence. But that's not all. There's nothing God cannot do. That is his omnipotence. Look, that's the relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. Look, I understand maybe you're here today and you're new in your faith. But I want you to know the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus and the Father sent him to you. And if I could end with this thought, the Holy Spirit is certainly not an it. He's not a thing. He's not like that chair that you're sitting on. He's a person. He's he's God. He's the Lord. He's the very thing that brought you the salvation that you have today. He's the very one that made Adam years ago. He's the very one that knows all things about all things. Look, maybe you're going through a difficulty today. Wouldn't you want to go to the all-knowing God? Wouldn't you want to go to the most all-powerful God? Look, I'm so thankful that I don't need to depend. And look, I, I certainly love the earth that we live in, the America that we live in. But at the end of the day, God doesn't live within the realms of creation. He can operate however he wants because he made it all. And I'm so thankful that when I'm going through something or you're going through something, and I don't care what it is, you have a God that cares, that's listening, that has an answer for you. Maybe we don't have the answer, but he sees it all in one shot. I want a God that sees everything and knows everything and is able to be everywhere at any time and has relationship with all humanity. I just want you to know that's who you worship. I hope this has brought great clarity to maybe some confusion that we've had. And look, don't, don't beat yourself up. We're, we're nowhere near on the knowledge spectrum of God. But I hope this has opened your heart and opened your eyes and opened your spirit to say, Holy Spirit, I need you today. I need you. Maybe you're going through something. There's no one better to talk to. And I love that that's how God started creation. He made us and he began talking to us. Prayer's another one of those things. We've made it too complicated. We've made it too confusing. But Jesus defined it very simply. It's a relationship. I'm talking to you and you're talking to me. That's what prayer is. Don't complicate it any more than that. That you need spiritual words. You need to do spiritual things. Or that you have a God that's, you know, can't hear you. I've always, I've always loved that. Some, you know, when people pray, they pray real loud. Our God doesn't have a hearing problem. I'm okay with praying loud because you're passionate, but sometimes we think, well, maybe if I speak louder, I'll hear us. No, he can hear you when you're whimpering or when you're screaming or even if you're just thinking it in your head. God sees it all, hears it all. My point being, don't make prayer complex. It's just talking with God. And you have a God that loves you and is listening. And whatever you're going through, he's got an answer for you. And it's Jeremiah, the great prophet that you know, this is the same person God said, is there anything that I can't do? Just a few verses later, it's the same God that said, I know the plans that I have for you. I made you. I love you. I know all things. I see all things. I have plans to proper you, prosper you, to bless you, not to harm you, to bring you hope in the future. For all those that will seek me with their whole heart, they'll find me. 
So today, wherever you're at, I don't care where you're at. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never received Jesus. You've never received the Holy Spirit. Today's the day of salvation. Look, come. Just say, God, I'm ready. I know we had a kid, uh, an element, just first service. He committed his heart to Jesus, plugged in a light bulb. It didn't work, so I had to give him another one. <laughs> but spiritually, it worked. It just physically didn't work out there. Spiritually, it was fine. Perfect. But open your heart. Why don't you stand to your feet? I just want to worship today together. And But right there where you are, just talk to the Holy Spirit. Pray. Talk to Him. Whatever it is you need. Maybe today you need to say you're sorry. Maybe you're here today like me. I, I remember years ago, I just had to say, Holy Spirit, I'm so sorry. Regardless of what people said or what people did, at the end of the day, I was squandering you. I was, I was rejecting you. I wasn't receiving you. And so today, if that's you, just, just say you're sorry and come and receive. Just say, Lord, I, for whatever reason, I put you in a box. I was trying to tell you who you were, and I'm sorry for that. You're so much bigger than anything I could describe or understand. If you're here today, and again, you haven't received the Lord or the Holy Spirit, now's your time. There's nothing you, don't, there's nothing you have to do. I, I love that song we sing, nothing else. There's nothing else you have to do. Just, just say, I'm ready. I want to receive. It's a relationship. No strings attached. And finally, maybe you're here today and you've got something going on in your life. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's a disease. Maybe, if it, maybe it's a job thing. Maybe it's a relationship thing with a spouse or kids or family. Listen. You have a God that knows and he's here to help you. It may not be the way, the map that you're drawing out, but I'm telling you, his ways are always better than ours. And our weakness, he's our strength. You've got to choose. You've got to let him be Lord. You've got to submit your life to him. Submit your thoughts to him. Submit your career to him. Submit your family to him, your marriage, your kids, whatever it is. Submit it to him and see that anything he speaks into your life will be better than you planned out anyway. Let's pray together and let's worship. Uh, prayer teams, altar teams, you can come forward. Why don't you prepare to receive and get ready to pray for people. Lord, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Thank you that even though we weren't faithful, you've always been faithful. Holy Spirit, thank you that even though we don't always see things right, we don't act always appropriately, we don't always make the best choices, you're still there for us. God, thank you that when we get angry, especially with you, Holy Spirit, you don't leave us or forsake us. You're still here. Your presence is still here. Your love is here. Your grace is here. Your mercy is here. Lord, I pray for those that are here this morning and they need to hear from you. They need your help. They need your guidance. They need your truth. They need your wisdom. They need your presence. Lord, I pray this morning that you would meet them right where they are. Step by step, God, we're trusting you more and more. God, we're submitting our lives to you. You're the Lord. We're putting you first in all things. It doesn't matter what the category is, Lord, you're first. And we need your wisdom. We need your touch. We need your guidance and we need your truth. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everyone said, let's worship together. If you need prayer for anything at all, it doesn't matter what it is, I want you to come and pray. You're not interrupting service. Just come on over and pray. If you want to wait till after service, that's okay. But at any point, you can come forward. I don't want you to feel like you're interrupting or you're you're getting out of place. Look, we're, we're all here to respond to the Holy Spirit. So if you need prayer for anything at all, they're here to pray for you. They're here to agree with you. Maybe you don't know how to pray. You don't know what to pray or what to do. 
they'll pray for you. They'll pray on your behalf. They'll stand united with you uh, and pray uh, according to the scripture and according to the word of God, what they can pray for you. Or maybe you're here today and you just need them to agree with you. Maybe there's something that's going on in your life. Maybe it's something that you just want to look to God and trust for. Uh, they would love to unite in prayer with you as well. So whatever it is, look, let's talk. Let's pray. Let's talk to God. Let's unite us as church and his people. And let's trust the holy God. So remember, the Holy Spirit is a relationship. He's not a it. He's a person. And he's here to meet you right here, right now. Love you guys. Let's worship.